Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm your host today, Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning House GOP leaders push hard for their new health care plan, and ATT's nationwide 911 outage is resolved. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So, are we taking Trump's tweets too literally? Some people are saying that. Some people say we shouldn't. We'll talk about that next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning. It's 6.01 on News Radio 1025. House Republican leaders are promoting the GOP's new health care plan. In a Capitol News conference, House Speaker Paul Ryan said Obamacare is collapsing and that the GOP alternative will give patients more choices and greater control over their health care. Washington State Congresswoman Kathy Morris, Mick Morris Rogers rather, said Republicans are on a mission to repeal and replace Obamacare. But several congressional conservatives are opposing the bill, calling it Obamacare light. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Opening statements are expected to begin today in the Medicare fraud trial of a prominent Florida eye doctor who's accused of uh, bribing a U.S. senator as well. Federal prosecutors accused 62-year-old Solomon Melgan of stealing millions from Medicare between 2004 and 2013. They say he prescribed unneeded treatments, filed claims for procedures he never performed, and charged for medicine he never purchased. Melgan faces a bribery trial as well this fall in New Jersey with Democratic Senator Bob Menendez. Former Utah Governor John Huntsman is apparently being tapped to become the next ambassador to Russia. Multiple reports say President Trump offered the post to Huntsman and that he has accepted. Huntsman will be the top diplomat in Russia amid frayed relations between the U.S. and Moscow. Huntsman previously served as the ambassador to China under the Obama administration from 2009 to 2011. He resigned from that post to run for the 2012 Republican nomination. Fire crews have the upper hand, at least for the moment, on two brush fires that are smoldering in East Orange County. A 125-acre brush fire along Fort Christmas Road in Christmas is 80% contained. The other fire at Hal Scott Regional Preserve has burned 85 acres, but is 95% contained. Motorists driving along State Road 50 and 520 and Avalon Park Road are still being urged to be careful this morning because of uh, possible smoke from the fires wafting across the road and creating visibility problems. Crews will be watching for any flare-ups this morning. In other local news, AT&T customers here in Florida and a number of other states can once again call 911 on their cell phones. The company tweeted the issue that affected states across the country last night has been resolved. Law enforcement agencies reported outages here in Florida, out in Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. AT&T didn't give an explanation for the problem, but during the outage, some uh, law enforcement agencies provided alternate numbers for people to call if they had an emergency. I I would like an explanation. I would love an explanation because, first of all, where do you get these alternate phone numbers if you need an emergency? If you're having an emergency, do you really have the time to go and find an alternate phone number? Well, I was just going to ask, what number do you call? Do you just dial zero? You, can you still do that on cell phones? Dial the operator? I don't. I don't believe so. Wow. I don't believe so. But when you think about it, it may, you know it's like oh, cell phones. But that's how the majority of us in this country now make our phone calls are with cell phones. Are, are you uh, going to try that for us, Paul? He, he, he's, he's calling me at the moment. He's going to try to see if there's an operator. Can you call the operator? Like I, you should be able to do that. Put it on the mic. Let's hear what's going on. 
automatic. Yeah. Yep. The number you have reached. For Spanish pressing. So I that that helps a lot in an emergency. So you okay. can still press zero or no? Yeah, it takes you somewhere, but it takes you to an automated. Yeah, you're going to get an automated system that's probably going to ask you what you want to do with your bill. So that's not going to help. Well, that that'll that'll help you know your next of kin when they <laughs> yeah. go to alert them that you've died while waiting for nine one one. Wow. Yeah. So. We'll, of course, let you know what that was, because how did it go out across the country? Of course, it doesn't have to be much, but we'll let you know. I mean, is so just that one number, too, went out for, for just yeah. AT&T customers? Yeah, it was just, just the, 911 for just AT&T customers. How just does the that, most important number that you I know. <laughs> that's, wow. I want an explanation. I think, we, I think we should have that. Well, I think the powers that be at AT&T have just heard you, Mike Yaffe, and they're going to get that to you <laughs> Yes, I'm, sh- I'm sure they have. <laughs> well, along with emergencies, another thing we uh, often worry about is our money. But, you know, Florida, usually in the top three for identity theft around yeah. the entire country. But here's some good news. Oh, good. The IRS says the number of identity theft victims plummeted last year after agents struggled for years to combat what has become, of course, a multi-billion dollar industry. The tax agency says the number of identity theft victims dropped by 46 percent to 376,000 people. Did they say that's why? huge. Yeah, I mean, that's a big huge, drop. Huge, huge. Do they have any idea why? The, uh, no, the victims had their identity stolen by criminals who used their social security numbers and birth dates to obtain fraudulent tax refunds. I'm sure they credit a little bit of everything. You know, part of the reason why tax refunds are going to be slower this year is because the IRS is trying to combat uh, tax return fraud. So they're going right. to be doing their part. And hopefully just as consumers, we're learning to be a little bit more vigilant. That's probably what it is. There's been a lot more education on that. Absolutely. And finally, San Francisco tops the list of major cities with the best credit scores. WalletHub's 2017 list ranks the city by the bay number one for the second straight year with an average credit score of 712. Not hard to do when you make seven hundred and twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> of course, your house cost you know a yeah. million dollars in right. San Francisco, but Honolulu, Seattle, San Jose, and Boston round out the top five based on an analysis by the personal finance website. New York, Minneapolis, Portland, San Diego, and Omaha made the top ten according to Wallet Hub. The average American has a score of about six seventy, which is on the low end of what's usually considered good credit. You notice anything that was missing from that list of uh, cities with good credit scores? Uh, our city. Any city in Florida? Wow, that's true. The whole state. The whole state. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Why? Why does it make sense? I mean, Florida typically is a is a low-paying state. Oh, okay. Because they, they so. tell yeah. you they pay you in sunshine here. Yeah. Yes. So you're not making any money to, you know, buy a roof over your head. But, hey, it's sunny. But exactly. So there you go. But that's because, because that the fact that it's sunny points to the fact that a lot of our economy and industries, so based far up. it's changing, but a lot of it are it's tourism. It's yeah, service-based. tourism based. and hospitality. Right. Tourism and hospitality Doesn't does not well. make exactly. Yeah. You could see from the Honolulu, Seattle, San Jose, those are all yeah. high-tech hub cities right there. Of course, San Francisco. A lot of people don't realize San Jose is a major tech city as well. So kids, as you're getting up and getting ready for school, I've got one word for you, STEM. STEM yeah, education. but I think it's a little too late for STEM. If you're just getting started on STEM, uh, you're behind the curve. 
Okay, this is a whole nother conversation. It is a whole nother conversation. We've had this conversation. <laughs> no time for that conversation today. All right. Just stay in school. Just stay in there school. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and eat your vitamins. And eat your vitamins. <laughs> and pay attention. WFLA Newstime 609. Hey, find out how you can tell whether the CIA has hacked your TV. We can help you with that. Ooh, does yeah. that come with special music? 1025WFLA.com. <laughs> I'm hoping so. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I was going to say, like, if they hacked me, I'm sorry. I said that yesterday. I have nothing exciting to share with you. All right, this is Good Morning Orlando. This is the producer Yaffe filling in for Bud. Deborah Roberts is here, of course, and we have. Paul producing as well and taking your calls at 407-916-5400. So a headline from a National Review piece that I want to get into because I found it very fascinating. It says, why Trump tweets don't matter. Do you think they matter? We'll talk about that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And I'm going to get into more Obamacare stuff in the next in the next half hour. Um, it seems like every time Trump wants to like try to convince people to get on his side, he invites them over for dinner. So he did that with some people who are against this new Obamacare bill. He invited him over to the White House for dinner last night. So, um, I mean, I don't know what he serves that like may- might maybe convince these people to be on his side. Uh, oh, you know, he's got the FBI and the CIA, so he probably figures out what their favorite thing to eat in the whole world is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. He just spies that. on their cell yeah, phones. exactly. Hey, well, how did you know? Oh, I just know. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm Donald Trump. So it's not like Trump steaks? No, no? I hope not. <laughs> no? I hope All it's right. not Trump steaks and Trump wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it probably is. Let's, let's be real. All right, so I found, I always find stories like this fascinating, especially, and I want to share it with you guys, because I know there's a lot of people that listen that are big Trump supporters. I understand that. But there are also a lot of people that listen that are not Trump supporters. And I know we even have some never Trumpers out there. And so since we have such a diverse audience, I like to throw this stuff out there to see what you all think about it. I found this story in the National Review yesterday by someone I respect a lot, Ben Shapiro. Big conservative, got got the Daily Wire, which I love. Lots of writings used to head Breitbart. Got a conservative podcast. He was a never Trumper. He did not vote for Trump. He always said he understood why people would to stop Hillary, but he decided not to. But he says this. Why we should ignore Trump's rhetoric. In this point, <laughs> I like how he starts it here. He says, watch his actions, but treat his tweets like messages from your local DMV, is what he says here. <laughs> and he, he talks about, at first he talks about um what I've heard a lot during the campaign and right after is that we should take Trump seriously, but not literally. And that was coined by reporter Selena Zito. And it's been, you know, everywhere recently, but in today's world, Trump tweets out something. He sees a report. He tweets out something. A lot of times he exaggerates and it creates a whole firestorm. I've talked about how I personally like Trump's Twitter because we always know what the president's thinking. I mean, we never had that before. We just always know what he's thinking. The downfall is sometimes you know what the president is thinking. So, but what he what his point here is, is one, 
we should separate Trump's actions from his rhetoric. Where he'll come out and he'll tweet stuff that a lot of people think is crazy. But when you actually look at what he's doing, it's pretty good. His executive orders are good. His Supreme Court pick was good. He's repealing regulations. Um, People he's appointed for the most part are good. This is point Ben Shapiro made. So he thinks that as a country and even as conservatives, we should kind of back off with reacting to everything Trump says on Twitter, ignore that part, and just look what he actually does. Because when you look at his actions, it's different. Now, he actually says this. He says, now, he actually agrees that what the president says matters. But he, this is more of a theory on Trump. But then he says this. What if it shouldn't matter? What if what the president says shouldn't matter? And his point on this part is also very interesting, especially if you're a limited government conservative. And I'm going to get to that in the next segment. I want your calls on this. Do you think we just overreact to Trump's tweets? Or do you think we should take them seriously because you agree with 100% everything Trump says? Or do you agree with Ben here? We overreact, but we look at what he's actually doing and his policies and his actions, and they're pretty good. So we don't really need to pay attention to, say, his tweets and his rhetoric. I find this all very fascinating, and I would love your take. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. It is 619 on Good Morning Orlando. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud should be back tomorrow. Um, we got Paul producing and Deborah Roberts is here, of course. I just got a text in that says, sounds like Shapiro is saying give him a chance without saying it. And then he says, is Shapiro trying to save face? I'm not exactly sure that's what he's getting at, but he makes two points here when it comes to Trump's tweets. He's saying, one, you have to separate what he is saying with what he's doing because there is a difference, at least so far. The other thing he is saying is maybe there might be a sort of non-intentional good effect to this, and that is maybe as a country as a whole, we have been, we care too much what the president says. We want to know the president's take on everything, and there was a time in this country where we believed in limited government, where we believed that the president had constitutional duties in the executive branch and we let him do that and didn't take his word on everything seriously because it wasn't his role to be involved in everything. I thought that was actually kind of interesting. He says, in the early days of the Republic, no one much cared what the president had to say on a day-to-day basis. Sure, Americans knew what President Washington's farewell address was. They heard about inaugural speeches. But nobody much cared about the day-to-day verbiage uttered by the occupant of the White House. And he said this really changed with Teddy Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson, who both had expansive visions of the role of the presidency. And after that, what the president said defined the American spirit in a lot of ways, in a lot of people's minds. And now that's the pattern, at least until Trump. He says, here's a suggestion. 
Instead of treating Trump's rhetoric seriously, wouldn't America be better off if we did ignore it? What if instead of going nuts over every half-baked Trump tweet for a week, we all just recognize that the tweet is what it is, a half-baked Trump tweet? What if we return to the notion of the president as a constitutional officer with presidential duties? In fact, that's happening on a practical level. Most Americans don't care about Trump's rhetoric anymore. He and the media have been shouting at each other so long that it all sounds like white noise now. Now, I predicted that, and I think that's going to happen more. I think more and more people are just going to tune out Trump's tweets. They're going to tune out a lot of what's going on in politics because they're just tired of the outrage. I agree with that. And they're tired of the noise. I agree partially with what he says, especially about returning the public to to the time where the president's words weren't so important. Right. But I do have two problems with what he said. Okay. Number one is what the president says is important outside of our country. Right. And that is something that he that Trump needs to be held accountable for. And then the number two aspect is that's what specifically verbal abusers tell their victims. Don't pay attention to what I'm saying. Don't pay attention to the fact that I'm screaming at you and cursing at you and calling you all these names and getting all crazy and outlandish and hitting the wall and kicking the TV. Don't pay attention to any of that because I still pay the rent. Yeah. I still take care of you. I still do the things that I'm supposed to do. So just ignore all the other just stuff. Just ignore all the that's other true. stuff. And that's what abusers tell their victims. And you can't, unless we're be, unless we're the victims and he's the abuser, which could be. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if his tweets are necessarily abuse <laughs> of the American people. Come so on, he's bullying us, yeah, Mike. Yeah, so, well, he, he might bully the media. I don't know if he's bullying us. So that would be somewhere I disagree. But I tend to th- agree with you to the point that I do think the words matter. Yeah. I don't want to become a society where words don't matter. Exactly. And that's a very dark place to be in, a very slippery road to go and down. And I'm hearing more people on both sides really saying, what are you offended by words? Exactly. Words don't matter. Absolutely. Well, and I of think course some- they do. And I think sometimes, yeah, we get a little soft and we care. We get politically correct. Right. So what's happening now is the pendulum swinging the complete opposite direction mm-hmm. where we were so sick of the political correctness. Now we should say, oh, no words matter. Yeah. And I don't necessarily agree with that either. I believe in words. Obviously, I should. I'm in the communication business. And you can't have that when you have, even though it's not the way it should be. The position of the president wields amazing power that it shouldn't wield right now. And so because of that, you have to pay attention to the words. Yeah, and his point is kind of that, that maybe the unintended consequences of what Trump's doing is that we could limit some of the presidential power because people won't care as much. We'll see if that happens. I I see what he's saying, though, in terms of there is a difference between what he says and what he actually ends up uh, doing. One person says, we want to hear about results. This is a texter coming in. We want to hear about results. All else doesn't matter. But he doesn't tweet about results. He, well, may, he does. He, he does. He has some, results. He does sometimes, but, but it doesn't get his, the attention. Well, most of his tweets are not about his results, though. You know what I'm saying? Like his results are stuff that has, Sean Spicer has to talk about. Most of his tweets aren't about his results. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, but he does, but it doesn't get the attention. Right. And what I'm saying. All right. Um, we got uh, Gina Cervetti. Is going to update us on the Bloomberg Business Report, and we also have Deborah Roberts, who's going to tell us the latest news at the bottom of the hour, including 
the House GOP leaders pushing hard for their new health care plan. It is 630 on Good Morning Orlando. And joining us from the WFLA newsroom is Deborah Roberts, who's going to tell us about the latest news. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, Mike, and thank you. Republicans have won the first round in their fight to dismantle Obamacare. After nearly 18 hours of debate, Republicans in the House Ways and Means Committee pushed through legislation to abolish the tax penalty the Affordable Health Care Act imposes on people who don't purchase insurance. Former President Obama's so-called individual mandate is perhaps the part of the health care law that Republicans most to test. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A bill giving wayward kids a second chance clears a budget subcommittee in the Florida Senate. The bill requires law enforcement officers to issue a civil citation instead of arresting minors for alcohol, criminal mischief, and other minor offenses. Police chiefs and sheriffs don't like the bill, but Senator Randolph Bracey of Ocoee says the kids deserve it. We have to find a way to stop criminalizing youthful behavior. And I think this is an excellent first step in addressing that. Civil citations are voluntary now, but backers of the bill say people shouldn't be stigmatized the rest of their lives for stupid behavior as an adolescent. Uh, in related news, some teens in Mariana and the Panhandle are arrested for arson. Jackson County Sheriff's Office deputies arrested two girls yesterday, ages 14 and 16, for a fire that was set Sunday at a Walmart on State Road 71. Authorities say the teens admitted to setting the blaze because, quote, they were bored. Both were booked into the Bay County Juvenile Detention Center. In local news, after two Seminole County high schools received threats in just the past month, district officials scheduled a town hall meeting for this evening to address the issue. First, on February 10th, a fake Seminole County Public Schools Twitter account posted a message saying classes were canceled at Oviedo High School the next day due to threats of violence. Then days later, a threatening message was found etched onto a mirror in a bathroom at Lake Mary High School. Due to that threat, 85% of students didn't show up to school, along with officials from Seminole Seminole County Schools representatives from the Seminole County Sheriff's Office will also attend the meeting today. District officials say the goal is to make parents more aware of how school resource officers monitor threats, how notifications are sent out, and how officials secure schools to keep students safe. The meeting is scheduled to start at 6.30 this evening at Lyman High School. And in sports, Alfred Payton notched his second straight triple-double as the Magic rallied for a 98-91 to win over the Chicago Bulls last night. Payton had 22 points. 14 rebounds and 14 assists for Orlando. WFLA News Time 636. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe continues now. And the market has still been pretty high, especially, it probably will have an effect, especially since the jobs report came out. Yesterday, and oil oil prices have gone pretty low. And Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg Business Room is going to Business Newsroom is going to tell us the latest on that. But first, tell us what the futures look like, Gina. Well, Michael, good morning. The futures are just a little negative here, uh, not doing a whole lot. We've got some economic data coming out before the opening bell, including the weekly count of jobless claims. And Challenger Gray and Christmas is a private outplacement firm that issues a monthly look at corporate layoff announcements. So we'll watch for those. This is all ahead of tomorrow's jobs report from the government. Yesterday, we had a third straight day of mostly lower stocks on Wall Street, although as you've pointed out, we've had a 
pretty good run up here uh, recently, not too long ago. So we are seeing a little bit of a pullback here. And what's happening is we had energy-related shares falling with the price of oil. The Dow lost 69 points. It closed at 20,856. Now we have oil down again this morning. It's lower by almost 2%. It's at $49.33 a barrel. And this is the first time oil has been below $50 for the first time since December after government data showed stockpiles extending record levels. So we still have a glut of oil out there. Probably uh, could turn into some good news, though, if you're a person that drives a lot. Yeah, I was about to say, um, usually that reflects <laughs> like lower <me>. gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That reflects lower gas mm. prices. So we'll see if that happens in yeah. the future. I didn't check the gas prices this morning, but they have been pretty low already. I mean... At least, or at least around here, it's been around two ten west. Oh yeah, okay. I I paid I think two fifteen. Yeah. Yesterday or the day before, so not too bad. So I I know some people in the market are upset about oil prices being low, but it's hard for me to be too upset because I care about the gas prices. All right, Disney. Uh, speaking of people upset, some are upset at the Disney CEO for um, his meeting with Trump. What's that about? Well, Disney CEO Bob Iger says he plans to stay on a presidential advisory panel after some activists at the company's annual shareholder meeting asked him to step down from the position. A representative of the the Colorado People's Alliance told the 66-year-old Iger that his presence on the panel makes it seem like he's endorsing President Donald Trump's agenda. Iger said that uh, Disney shareholders benefit from his presence Uh, being, quote, in the room with the president, and he actually drew some applause from investors for his defense of the company's values and his decision to stay on the panel. And by the way, the shareholders meeting was held in Denver this year. They hold it someplace different every time so that shareholders from different parts of the country can uh, make it. And I'm very fascinated about this last story you have here. You said, could Wi-Fi be going the way of the dial-up modem? (laughs) I didn't know Wi-Fi was going away. (laughs) Tell us about that. Not quite yet, but with every major U.S. wireless carrier now offering unlimited data plans, consumers don't need to log on to a Wi-Fi network to avoid costly overages anymore. Ah. And this is a critical change that analysts say threatens to render Wi-Fi obsolete at some point. Now, the erosion of Wi-Fi's influence is likely to be slow and uneven. While these unlimited data plans, of course, make the technology less necessary for our smartphones, many home devices still use Wi-Fi. Yeah, so it might be available at home, but maybe outside of the home it won't be available as much places. We'll have to see how that works out. All right, Gina, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right, Michael, have a great day. So uh, some lawmakers met with President Trump at the White House last night. They had a session in Congress debating the latest on repealing Obamacare. And um, it seems like nobody agrees on this right now. So we're going to talk about that. And we have a news newsweather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. You promised the American people you're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. And this is what you've come up with. This is a bad joke. If people didn't like Obamacare, they're going to hate this. A prescription for disaster. As uh, President Trump often says, bad, sad. We're fulfilling these promises in a very transparent and thoughtful manner. What may well be the most important bill that I will have worked on in my congressional career. I applaud President Trump for working with us to bring forward a bill that's common sense, that lets patients be in charge of their health care decisions. So that is a little montage of lawmakers 
I'm talking about Obamacare and repealing Obamacare and the new health care bill. Seems that a lot of people are not happy with it. A lot of people do not like what's in this. Obviously, the Democrats don't like it. Bernie Sanders was talking yesterday about he hates it. But, I mean, he would have hated anything that they would have came out with short of socialized medicine. So we know that. But there's a lot of conservative Republicans, and I talked about this yesterday at this time, that are not happy with the way this bill looks. That there are not things in this bill that should be there if we really want to repeal Obamacare. Um, one person texted in, and you can text to 23680. One person said he wants full repeal, free market opened, and sell across state lines. Well, the selling across state lines is not its not in this bill. Who, who wants that? A uh, texter. He said who, he, the texter said he wants that. Yes. Oh, okay, I thought he was saying Trump wanted that. No, well, Trump said he wanted that. Right, Trump said he wanted But that. now it's not in the bill. No, it's not. But so the new narrative that came out yesterday that I've seen from a lot of different places, and I got this on social media because I commented on something. By the way, you should friend Because you don't watch regular news. <laughs> no, I'm a millennial. <laughs> so I, I'm, uh, you can friend request me on Facebook, by the way. So send me a friend request. Search Michael Yaffe. Send me a friend request because I'm always posting up stuff. And then there's always debates that it causes, and it's always actually a lot of fun. But I posted something negative because I, I don't like this bill. It definitely doesn't have everything I want in it, and it doesn't repeal the regulations. That's the biggest problem of why insurance is so expensive, is all the regulations demanding insurance companies do all these things. We're never going to lower the cost if we keep going in that direction. But I'm not the only one who thinks that way. You have lawmakers like Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, and others, the Freedom Caucus, who do not like what's in this bill. So what did Trump do? He invited them over to dinner. Wednesday night, last night, Trump uh, hosted former campaign rival Senator Ted Cruz and his wife at the White House for dinner. He also had, um, and he's trying to convince him to be on board with this. He thinks if he can get Ted Cruz, then he can get the conservatives on board. I I, I don't think that's going to work. Do you, this is you a don't big, think he'll get Ted Cruz on board? Um, well, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm just saying even if he does, I don't think conservatives are going to be like, oh, I like it now. Yay. Because there's a lot of things missing on it. But um, when you look at Republican Senator Mike Lee, he's also been really critical of it. He says, this is not Obamacare repeal bill we've been waiting for. It's a missed opportunity and a step in the wrong direction. We promised the American people we would drain the swamp and end business as usual in Washington. This bill does not do that. We don't know how many people would use this new tax credit. We don't know how much it will cost. And we don't even know if this bill will make health care more affordable for Americans. And then he said this, which is a real big criticism of the House Republican leadership, says this is exactly the type of backroom dealing and rushed process that we criticize Democrats for. That's what I was saying. And it's not what we promised the American people. So Trump thinks he, if he can get Cruz on his side, maybe he can convince a lot of conservatives. I don't think – doesn't sound like Mike Lee's going to change his mind. I know Rand Paul's not going to change his mind. No, he's The Freedom not. Caucus is not going to change their mind. But what I'm hearing from a lot of people is that, well, this is negotiable. This is just the beginning. It has to go through committees, and we can change some things and add some amendments, and eventually all this stuff we want will really be in there. The biggest problem with this is it – we need to repeal Obamacare first. That's what Rand Paul said yesterday. But obviously, the Republicans are too scared. So what do you want to see in this bill that's not in there? 
What do you want to see in terms of health care reform? 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. We got some calls coming in and text, and we'll get to that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, so some are calling it Obamacare light. Some are calling it Trump care. Some are calling it Rhino care. The biggest problem I have with this bill is one, it doesn't have um, competing across state lines, which I think is needed. Two, it keeps pretty much all the Obamacare regulations on insurance companies. Three, it has a lot of the Medicaid expansion. And basically, tax credits are just a subsidy in another name. These aren't real tax credits. And four, we had a great plan. The Freedom Caucus has a great plan. It's a free market-based plan. It makes health insurance affordable again. We should just do that plan. Getting some texts coming in, and you can text to 23680. One person texted, Mike, can you please tell us what was so horribly wrong with the insurance system before Obama took office? Um, well, I mean, I, I agree it's worse today, but it was getting pretty expensive before, but government's been more and more involved in our healthcare system you know, for years, since the 70s, and they've just been more and more and more involved, and it's created a lot of the problems we have today. Another person said, no matter what health care bill is introduced, the current cost to an individual will not go down. So he thinks no matter what it will be, insurance will keep going up. All right, let's take a call here. Let's go to uh, Manny in Orlando. Manny, what do you think about this? Hey, uh, first of all, I appreciate you guys uh, bringing attention to the problem because it is. Now, okay. you know, I'm all for marketplace, um, you know, business major in college. I became a teacher and I think part of the problem with privatization is that we're trying to fit a circle into a square peg. And what I mean by that is that people know somehow that it's just wrong to leave people out in the cold, you know, i.e. pre-existing conditions. And the problem with privatization is that when there's a profit motive, this is like charter schools, when there's a profit motive, we seem to lose sight of the most important thing, which is not leaving people out in the cold. So, you know, a healthcare system, even if it benefits arguably 85 or 90 percent of the people, if you leave 3 percent or 5 percent of the people out, uh, namely, for example, like some children who are receiving uh, treatment because of the Medicaid loop with Obamacare, you know, it, it, it just it's not good. I mean, even if 2 or 3 percent get affected. So. I, I really think that we have to think more in terms of, uh, you know, health care as a right versus uh, the market. But it's not a right. That's the problem. It's well, not a right. Because you're, yeah, well, you're, when, when you talk about health care, you're expecting someone else to provide a service for you. So if it's a right, you have to force someone else to provide that service for you. It's well, not a right. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the main issue. We all say it's a right. We all want as many people to get health care as possible. But even if it becomes a right, you're assuming that the government will be better at taking care of the problem. There's no evidence well, of that. Well, here's the deal. Uh, you know, years ago, people said, oh, Social Security, that's, you know, the government taking care of us. But look at how many people depend on Social Security now. I mean, people would have. I know. And their- we're here. We're here. It's not enough. And it's practically bankrupting our government. And most people still have supplements to Social Security. Well, a lot of people, you know, receive benefits from the government. And I think there's a place for that because, you know, the government does have a place. I mean, you just can't say, let's just get rid of everything that the government does for people. 
because there are some things that, you know, the government needs to do. And were it not for the government, and, and I'm well, all I, for the free market, but if it were not for the government, just think, people wouldn't, wouldn't be receiving the benefits that they're receiving nowadays. Do you, um, okay. All right, I understand what, 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 what he's saying there. I completely disagree. I have a totally different philosophy on government. Most of what we receive, the services we receive in today's world comes from the free market. You look like you want to say something, Paul. <laughs> I have so much to say. We don't have any time for all of that. But, I mean, I, I agree with one of our, our callers who has just called in is that we need to find a way to go back to paying cash for our doctor services. Oh, yeah, I That's agree with that. That's going to be one of the biggest issues. I completely agree with that. Medi- medical health care service is the equivalent of college tuition right now. It's sky high because somebody else is paying for it. Exactly. And as long as somebody else is paying for it, and all you have to pay is the $50 a month or $130 a month or even $400 a month, whatever it is. But the only way to go back to cash is to privatize it more, which is the opposite of what that caller wanted to do. That's true. But it's it's something that's got to happen. I mean, it's the only way it's going to take. It's like I completely a cor- agree with it's that. It's like a course correction. It's like the market does every few years. It will course correct itself. It'll get to these record highs, and then it'll pop. And then it course corrects, and everybody's so angry that the market is tanking, but it has to do it because it's artificially high. And right now, healthcare is artificially high, yep. and it needs to pop, and we need to stop propping it up. And it needs to pop, and we all need to go through the hard process. Of, oh no, we no, can't wait, go no, through hard we processes. We have to go through the hard process. Not in the, today's of, political world. It, it's like lo- <laughs> no kidding. It's like losing weight. You have to go through the hard yep. process of working out and eating healthy and all that kind of stuff to get the results you want. And we all are going to have to do that because we've allowed ourselves to become lazy with our own choices, and we've propped up this system that doesn't work. All right. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right. Good. I actually agree completely with that. It is 7 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. Good Morning Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning House GOP leaders push hard for their new health care plan, and women march on Tallahassee for International Women's Day. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Yeah, we'll talk about the women's march around the country. And also, it's also turned into a debate about extending paid maternity leave. Should we do that? We'll talk about that next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Republicans' repeal of Obamacare is passed its first hurdle after the House Ways and Means Committee approved the GOP health insurance bill. The vote came very early this morning. The bill unveiled Monday would eliminate Obamacare's mandate for health insurance and replace it with refundable tax credits. It would also allow insurers to charge people more if they lapse in coverage. Several groups already opposed the plan, including doctors and hospital organizations, as well as the AARP. Can I can I can I ask you something? Yeah. What, why does it seem like Congress uh, is always doing stuff in the middle of the night now? Am I the only one who has noticed this? No, no, I've I've done stories and throughout my years of overnight late night meetings. So it's you it's that's a normal thing? Well, when you're looking at three to four weeks of vacation, wouldn't you be willing to work until three or four o'clock in the that's morning? Good, it just yeah. seems like every time I turn around now I hear about some late night session with Congress doing something. Don't and be remember, impressed. Don't be impressed. Yeah. They're just doing it so that they can get the heck out no, of the I'm town. not impressed. I just 
I don't know. I wanted and, to know. And why? remember, the session doesn't include all of Congress. There's really only like 12 people in the room. Okay, I mean, I wasn't yeah. impressed. I just it's just something I happened no, to I mean, notice. Sometimes you're like, "Wow, man, they stuck it out. They stayed there in their chambers Usually I, until they got the job done." And then you then you think about it and you go, "Wait a minute! If I had four weeks of vacation on the threshold, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I'd stay at work till four in the morning." Well, I, with me, it was like, "Are they trying to get a, all this done in secret?" That was my thinking. Oh, yeah, there. that's probably part of it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, don't be surprised with that. Don't be impressed nor surprised. That's the rule of the game. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. However, with this next story, I do invite you to be impressed and okay. amazed. And that's because uh, about 2 million brain cells are lost for every single minute that passes after someone suffers a stroke. New research shows a high-tech stroke ambulance can shorten the time to treatment by as much as 40 minutes. So just how much of a difference would that extra time make? A person uh, you know, being able to walk instead of not being able to walk, the difference between a patient being able to go home versus having to be in a nursing home. So really that, even that 40-minute time difference can make a huge impact on how a patient does. Yeah, Dr. Shazam Hussein with the Cleveland Clinic, who led the study, says it's a mini-stroke emergency room on wheels. The unit has a CT scanner on board to scan the brain and telemedicine technology to connect with a stroke expert through video conference. Treatment begins right there in the ambulance once the cause of the stroke has been determined. Interesting. So I wonder if they would want to add this to, you know, current ambulances in the future, or would they want like a special stroke ambulance and then they would ask the person on the phone dialing 911 or whatever, do you think they're having a stroke? And then they would send this the special one. I don't know. I wonder how they would do that. I, it, it's interesting to see. I think what they should be able to do or what I would hope they would do would be to put this technology in just about every ambulance that they can, you know, because the telemedicine is yeah. really just a it's it's a tablet. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's what it is, because then they can pick the tablet up. They can move it over the patient's body and the doctor on the other end can see what injuries or whatever it is that they're working with. And that it makes just, sense. It does. It does. Yeah. And it makes sense that technology should be extended into the, you know, the earliest health care when you need an, an emergency oh, has yeah. to be in an ambulance. Yeah. Uh, and a topic I know you're getting ready to talk about in other news this morning, they're seeing red in Tallahassee. About 200 people marched on the state capitol on International Women's Day yesterday, most wearing red to show their solidarity. Hannah Willard with Equality Florida says they came to defend reproductive freedom and gay rights. We need to come out, y'all. We y'all. need to use our voices and use our stories to remind our legislators who they represent and to remind them the power of the people. They're also protesting the federal immigration crackdown and nine bills in the Florida legislature described as anti-immigrant. Finally, this is uh, authorities say a South Florida man raped and beat his girlfriend for nearly two weeks because she lost a purse he bought her. Jeez. Why? Why are you telling me this story? Because it should incense you as it yes. incenses me. Mm-hmm. Well, He's 25 years old. His name is Evan Xavier Little. He was arrested Sunday after the woman reported him to Miami Beach police. The woman told police that Little became upset in January because she left a purse in an Uber vehicle. Jeez. So because of that infraction, he hit her with a suitcase and a golf club. And because that probably wasn't enough, he also removed some of her acrylic nails with pliers. Wow, that's wow. The woman, I, I don't understand. I don't either. the The woman attempted to leave their apartment, but he, she says he threatened and choked her. 
She says Little kept her in the apartment for the next two weeks, drugging and raping her. Little faces multiple charges being held without bond, and let's hope he's one of those folks that when they lock him up, they can't find the key. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Just yeah. kind of throw him in there, throw away the key, and, you know. Or let go. his, uh, let, you know, Mr. Little's girlfriend's male family members, or Oof. worse yet, her female family members, yeah. in a room alone for just five minutes. <laughs> and if you were judge and jury in this society, <laughs> real justice, Deborah Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> WFLA News Time 709. Read about the Marine Corps nude photo scandal could be just the beginning. Online now at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando with our very own Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud should be back. Tomorrow, um, we're taking your calls on paid maternity leave, extending paid maternity leave. We'll get to that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, I didn't notice. I didn't notice this like anywhere locally, but uh, yesterday was International Women's Day, and there was a lot of people apparently protesting and saying they were women were not going to go to work and they were not going to go out and shop and spend money to show how much women, you know, impact our economy and impact our our country. And did we figure out who they were trying to prove this to cuz I don't know anybody that doesn't understand those well, two and aspects. And that's that's the most interesting stuff to me about all the women's marches and all the complaints uh, that I come that come from these groups is I'll talk to other women and they'll tell me, I don't know what they're complaining about. I don't know what they're marching about. So I'm sure some of you are listening might know. So call 407-916-5400 because anytime I bring up this issue, it's very split on women. I get more responses positively from women and they'll usually tell me, I don't know what they're complaining about. We have these rights. What do they want other than maybe abortions and free um, birth control? And the other one now is extended paid maternity leave. This is now an issue that came up yesterday because Anne Hathaway, the actress who I loved in uh, in The Dark Knight Rises, she was greatest Catwoman. Um, she spoke to the UN yesterday. Apparently, she's like one of UN the UN's goodwill ambassadors. I had no idea. There you go. I don't know why they have like actors and actresses doing this, but okay, that's what she is apparently. And she spoke yesterday to the UN about extending paid maternity leave. I mean, there's already maternity leave by law, but they want to extend it even further. This is what she said. In late March last year, 2016, I became a parent for the first time. I remember the indescribable and, as I understand it, pretty universal experience of holding my week-old son and feeling my priorities change on a cellular level. I remember I experienced a shift in consciousness that gave me the ability to maintain my love of career and also cherish something else, someone else, so much, much more. Like so many parents, I wondered how I was going to balance my work with my new role as parent. And in that moment, I remember 
that the statistic for the U.S.'s policy on maternity leave flashed in my mind. American women are currently entitled to 12 weeks unpaid leave. American men are entitled to nothing. That information landed differently for me when one week after my son's birth, I could barely walk. That information landed differently when I was getting to know a human who was completely dependent on my husband and I for everything, when I was dependent on my husband for most things, and when we were relearning everything we thought we knew about our family and our relationship. It landed differently. Somehow, we and every American parent were expected to be back to normal in under three months without income? I remember thinking to myself, if the practical reality of pregnancy is another mouth to feed in your home, and America is a country where most people are living paycheck to paycheck, how does 12 weeks unpaid leave economically work? The truth is, for too many people, it doesn't. Can, can I just say something real quick? Yes. That, that I might can tell get you're me very, in trouble. I can tell you're very passionate about this. Go ahead. Pregnancy is a choice. Exactly right. It's a choice. If you're not ready to have a kid, don't have one. Exactly right. Especially today, because there's birth control and all kinds of other stuff. And even though birth control is not free, it's not really that expensive either. <laughs> I, yes, that's another good point. <laughs> you know, it's, now I will say this. If they came out with male birth control, they would make that free in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I agree with you. Here's a thought. If you are not ready to have kids and you're not ready to make the sacrifices, because I don't care what you say, having kids takes sacrifices some way or another. But now we expect the government to come in and say, oh, we shouldn't have to make any sacrifices when we have kids. In fact, the government should help pay for us for having a kid and our company should pay for us not to work. And you wonder why robots are are taking our jobs. Because now, I mean, there's already maternity leave out there. Mo- a lot of jobs have paid maternity leave. But three months isn't good enough. So how long is good enough? Six months? A year? Two years? How do we expect our economy to work when we're just continuing to pay people not to work? We have such unrealistic expectations 407-916-5400 text to 23680 at 720 on good morning orlando so i just this is yaffe the producer by the way filling in for bud paul producing for me you're gonna love this text paul i can't wait to hear your response to this this i hear this a lot and it always infuriates me so conservatives limit birth control access want to abolish planned parenthood talk of family values Yet don't want to give paid maternity leave. Come on, dude. One. Who's limited access to birth control? That's ex- You can go get birth control anywhere you want to. Uh-huh. Well, but it's not free, so they don't have access. I-, I know. See, we're talking, it's not access. They want it for free. First off, second Listen. off, abolishing Planned Parenthood is about stopping, you know, the killing of innocent life in the womb. And th- third off. Sex is a choice. Thank you. That's the most important part. Now, I understand some women take birth control not for its birth control properties, for that's medical properties. That's not what properties, we're talking but about. But that's not what we're talking about. And that 
even in that, it shouldn't be necessarily free. If your insurance covers it and you can get yeah. it, that's great. But just handing it out because... And that's not what he was talking That's to. not what they're talking about, though. They're talking about keeping you from getting pregnant. And you can keep yourself from getting pregnant. There's a few ways. There are, there's this thing called the pill, which, you know, I don't always agree with, but it works. There are these things called condoms. Um, you can keep your legs closed. You can uh, try the pull-out method. Some people try that. Uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of different ways. Yeah, so, yeah, but, um, yeah, we have to... You're right. But, I mean, the biggest thing is all of this is a choice. They act like we're forcing people to have sex. So, no, nobody's forcing you to have kids and have sex. I mean, come on. Come on. All right. Here, here we go. I mean, I, I mean, we're not talking about rape, obviously. That's a completely different issue. But for the most part, this is just for people who choose to have sex. A lot of times choose to have kids. We're not limiting access to anything. That's just the issue. All right, here we go. Let's take a call here. Let's go to uh, Joe. Joe, what's your take on this? Hello, Yaffe. I just heard that Anne Hathaway speaking, and it infuriated me because she makes it sound like it's such a burden. And I had to get my family in a different way, and the, the man had no choice. That is nonsense. Usually men want to go to work when you have an infant because they want to get away. Infants are intense. You, it doesn't stop. You ha- it's 24-7, and usually they like to – the mother is the nurturer. So I, I remember all that. But as far as being paid maternity leave, it is a pittance. I do agree maybe the amount has to change a little bit, but maybe there has to be stipulations on how long you have worked at that job. If you come in three months later, oh, I'm pregnant and I get maternity leave now, no, maybe not so. But I was working at my job for 15 years before I had my baby, and the the amount was, like, minuscule. All right, all right. Uh, Good take on that. Another... Let's take a call from another woman here. Let's go to Rhonda in Lake Buena Vista. Rhonda, what's your take? Hi. Um, my take is, first of all, the UN thing with Anne Hathaway, the reason they choose people like her is because they have someone they can manipulate and someone with a platform, but that wasn't my point. The point is she's hurting women because companies are just going to start hiring men instead of women in childbearing years. Well, that's interesting. That's that's an interesting point. You're exactly right. That's a good point. Thank you for your call, Rhonda. Let's go to a Richard in Orlando. Richard, uh, what's your take on this? Well, uh, my take is that in World War II, women started going to work because the men in, in large portions had gone to war and that we needed uh, people working in the factories, and that's when we started with Rosie the Riveter. Uh, healthcare started because of low unemployment and businesses start offering health care as a way to uh, right. to get to uh, get workers. Yeah. Uh, none of these things are right. These things were th- things that were offered. And whenever anyone gives you something, they have to charge someone else. Social Security That's true. was started as a supplement. To yes. your regular, uh, what and it you was, had put away to take care of yourself. And, of course, and, they didn't live till they were, you know, a lot of people didn't live that old back then. Well, no, they, the average age used to be of uh, people dying uh, was around 67. Gotcha. Uh, and and so you only got your, those, but it, but it was meant as a supplement. 
And many, many years ago, uh, I'm going to say back in the 19th century, if you did not have your own savings account, you could be fired from your job. Really? Wow. Interesting stuff. Thank you, Richard, so much. I just like the idea, and this is something we talked about off air. It, it's it's planning to have a child. If you're going, you know, I understand there's quote unquote accident babies, but well, they aren't those... really accidents because you chose to do the thing that could have a baby. So not really an accident. But if you're having a child, you've got a good amount of time before the baby shows up to say, okay, we're going to start to make sacrifices. We know we're not going to get a certain income for a long period of time, so we're going to start to save money, kind of pull back on our expenses. There's a lot of things that you can do. Now, when you're in a financially deviant situation, maybe that's not possible like you would like it to, but then maybe you shouldn't be having a baby because you can't afford it. Gotcha. All right, it is 7.30 here on Good Morning Orlando. Yes, it is Deborah Roberts joining me, Michael Yaffe, in the studio because it's time to uh, find out what's going on in the news and in the world. And, uh, Deb, so what's going on in the news in the world? <laughs> well, we have a Republican health care plan, one small step closer to reality this morning after a marathon 18-hour session, which is still going on, by the way. Oh, is that, it really? Yeah, the House Ways and Means Committee has become the first congressional panel to approve the proposal to replace Obamacare. The bill provides refundable tax credits to buy health insurance and gets rid of the individual mandate. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology is giving $250,000 to me. Oh, to you? Well, it's really to a group or an individual for breaking the say, rules. I was going to, can I borrow some money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> Lo siento, no, no hablo inglés. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, MIT's Media Lab says it'll announce the winner of its Disobedience Award this July. And so I want to thank the Academy. I was about to say you're a shoo-in, right? I, totally. Yeah, I'm I mean, just like, don't even bother applying. To be eligible, the recipient must have taken a personal risk in order to affect positive change for greater society. The director of the Media Lab explained that you don't get a Nobel Prize for doing what you're told. You get it for questioning authority. Oh, okay. So it's still kind of good. It's not like just for being disobedient. It's... No, exactly. You have to have taken a personal risk. Yes. All right. But you can't just to be a personal risk to be an idiot. So I guess that takes me out of the running. Oh, stop. So the risk has to be in order to affect positive change for greater society. So you're breaking the rules has to benefit the world in general. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I should still apply, though, don't you think? I, I, well, I'm trying to think of what an example of that would be. I'm gonna. I'm trying to think of that too, because I've got the personal risk down pat. Yeah. Yeah. So you just <laughs> you just gotta find the second part. I, I agreed to that to way too quickly, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Any slower, I would have wondered. <laughs> well, it turns out a quote by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is becoming the newest rage in tattoo art. What? You can't guess what it was? No, I don't. The statement, nevertheless, she persisted, has really set the needle moving. <laughs> Get it? Set that's the what the, Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what the Kentucky Republican had said to quiet Senator Elizabeth Warren during a debate gotcha. on the Senate floor last month. Remember when he said yes. that? Well, the people who started the movement say they did so because it's all about resilience. Besides the arms and ink message... McConnell's statement is appearing on T-shirts, protest signs, and social media. 
So, okay. So when you first said it, I thought you were saying that people were putting like McConnell's head on their Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> like, what? No. We've yeah. already got a Patriots fan putting Tom Brady's face on his backside. Yeah. We don't need McConnell anywhere. No. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Makes more sense now. Well, the NFL Combines uh, were happening last week, and it turns out running in heels is no easy feat. You ever tried it? N- no. <laughs> I didn't think so. No. Detroit Lions website reporter Tori P- uh, Petrie ran a 40-yard dash at the NFL Scouting Combine in less than six seconds. And she did it in heels. Wow. Petrie beat the 2011 time of combine participant Isaiah Thompson. So, you know, in a way, though, if I were a coach, I'd be kind of impressed. I would be, too. (laughs) Like, wow. The former University of Houston lineman ran the 40 in 6.06 seconds without heels. Petrie says after running the 40 in heels, she's open to hearing from footwear sponsors. Oh, that's what it was all about. Isn't it always? Yeah. Isn't it always? Clever. And finally, happy Thursday. Today just might be your day. It is, after all, National Meatball Day. Mm. Meatballs. Yeah. Oh, love meatballs. Meatballs not really your thing. That's okay. It's also National Crab Meat Day. Ooh. Here we're talking. On a less edible note, today is also National Barbie Day. And if none of those topics is up your alley, you may be interested in knowing this is also National Get Over It Day. Ooh, National Get Over It Day. I'm just finding out about this now? (laughs) Wait, wait. How do we celebrate? How do we celebrate? (laughs) (laughs) I got some ideas. I would have crafted this whole show around that topic. (laughs) I know, no Getting over it. I love that. All right, Deb, thank you so much. It could be the banner motto of our show. (laughs) Get Get over it. Get over it. (laughs) I love that. You're Are, welcome. <laughs> thank Happy you. National Get Over It Day. <laughs> Good morning and get over it exactly. with Michael Yaffe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, I like that's that. a good title. I like that. You have to voice it, too, because you have the voice. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that James Earl Jones thing going over there. Yep. He, he's, good morning. He's just smiling. He's and just get smi- over it. All right. It is time for the Sound Judgment game. Sound Judgment, your chance to win a great prize. Call 407 916 5400 at 740 on Good Morning Orlando. Yes, and this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud should be back tomorrow. Paul is producing, and of course, Deborah Roberts is here. And just because Bud's not here doesn't mean we will not. Of course, we're going to play Sound Judgment, where you use your Sound Judgment to win a great prize. And Paul is going to tell us what you can win. A pair of one-day passes to check out the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing, returning to Gainesville Raceway with the Amel Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals on March 16th through the 19th, featuring 300 miles per hour side-by-side drag racing action. And we'll also throw in a one-night stay at the Red Roof Inn or Red Roof Inn Plus of your choice. Red Roof Inn just opened their 500th Inn and 50th plus location and are celebrating by hooking you up with 500 ready card points. Book your stay today at redroofin.com. For race and ticket information, go to nhra.com and ignite your senses. All right, so tickets to the drag race plus a hotel night stay. So, uh, yeah, somewhere to stay after the drag race. So that's a lot of that's going to be a lot of fun, actually. Uh, 407-916-5400. You can call in if someone gets a wrong answer. So we've been doing sound judgment questions this week because, you know, there's been a lot of talk of spying and the CIA and all kinds of stuff, WikiLeaks. 
So the most famous spy out there is, of course, James Bond. We've been doing James Bond questions. So I'm going to play this cut, and I want you to use your sound judgment to tell me who, which actor played this version of James Bond. Welcome, Martini. Chicken or stirred? Do I look like I give a damn? I love that. I love that. So it kind of changed up, changed up the whole of the Bond thing. So which Bond was that? 407-916-5400. Let's take uh, line two. Line two, which Bond was that? Go ahead and say that again. I'm sorry. Hello? Yes, which Bond was that? Uh, Daniel Craig. That's exactly right. You are our winner. Sweet. Did you just take a guess? Well, I it was I couldn't hear it too well on my phone because oh. of the deep voice. I was thinking it was that uh, it might have been uh, the, the guy who did it uh, just one time, Michael Lansby or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, because that he was kind of had that deep voice. But I'm glad <laughs> I guessed Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig's got a deep voice too. All right, what's well, your name? He's him? the closest to the character in the book. Really? Have you ever read the books? I haven't. I had well, I didn't until Casino Royale came out because you know the people that bought the rights, uh, the broccolis and the Saltzmans, the, the the vegetable broccoli is named after their family. Really? Yes. Wow, you're like a James Bond expert, aren't you? Well, I like well, this. Well, <laughs> when I was in, I served my country in Saudi Arabia under Reagan, and uh, all really? we had to watch, in uh, yes, uh, was when the. Romanians were sinking the oil ships. Right. My job was to support the AWACS, um, protecting uh, the free flow of oil. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. and Thank you, sir. You definitely know a lot more about Bond than uh, I do. So are you excited about the prize? I am, yes. I've never been to the Gator Nationals. I always wanted to go. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a chance to win. I'll put you on hold. Paul will tell you how you can uh, get those tickets, pick up those tickets, and congratulations. Yes, and every time Paul's here, I get the hashtag Paul plays the jingle. This is the text that just came in. Hashtag Paul plays the jingle. Hashtag jingles matter. And hashtag bring back the jingle. <laughs> uh, but it's so much more fun, though, and to not play it until Paul's here. All right. Um, we have the Rush Morning dub update and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. By the way, one of the most entertaining things you can do is um, send me a friend request on Facebook. Just send me a friend request and um, I will accept it. Just search Michael Yaffe because I'm always I'm always posting stuff on on Facebook and it always creates so so much debate, so much debate. So. Yesterday, it was actually, this was not something I posted, but somebody else posted. And I talked about this at the end of the show. Uh, a friend of mine posted about how uh, the Republican Jason Chaffetz said, you know, in terms of the cost of health care, well, maybe people should prioritize their spending more and maybe they shouldn't spend on iPhones and stuff if they can't afford health care. And so he posted that. And I merely pointed out that Obama said the exact same thing. And in fact, about the exact same subject. Now, he, he responded and said, um, well, Obama doing it doesn't justify it. 
And I said, mm, I never said it did justify it. But all of the comments that he was getting, because he's obviously liberal and has a lot of liberal friends, were calling Jason Chaffetz stupid, idiot, horrible person, doesn't care about the poor and the American people. Do you honestly think those people would have made those same comments if he had posted the story about Obama? Mm, I sincerely doubt it. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because this is how crazy our divide is in this country right now. That we no longer care about, you know, what people say. We just care what side they're on. We don't care about the context or the ideas anymore. We become so tribalist, I guess. So about the group we are a part of. And if somebody says something that's not in our group, then we immediately hate it and insult him. Even though the hypocrisy is incredibly obvious. When someone on the other side says the same thing, they don't care. And it's just kind of crazy how that divide is happening right now in our country. And by the way, it's 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 on both sides. I'm not going to lie. I see it all over the place. So I'm always posting stuff on Facebook. And just the stuff like that that I see on social media amazes me. It really does. I mean, can't we be honest about, you know, what we see and not be hypocrites? Is that impossible in today's world? It sure it sure seems like it. All right, uh, we have Deborah Roberts, who is coming into the studio shortly, and she's going to tell us, speaking of divided, she's going to tell us about the new health care plan from the Republicans that a lot of Republicans, conservative Republicans, don't like. So she's going to tell us about that and more. It is 7.58 and Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning, the House GOP leaders push hard for their new health care plan and taking aim at invasive critters here in Florida. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So it seems like the last quarter created a lot more jobs than expected. Is Trump the reason? We'll talk about that next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 102.5. They're still going at it on Capitol Hill. The House Energy and Commerce Committee is still debating the GOP plan to replace former President Obama's health care law. The House Ways and Means Committee wrapped up its marathon session at around 4.30 this morning, pushing through legislation to abolish the tax penalty Obama's statute imposes on people who don't purchase insurance. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. But the AARP says while it is a work in progress, the GOP health care bill, as it's written, would hit folks between 50 and 64 with much higher premiums. The legislation is still very much in the early stages. You know, there hasn't been even a markup of the bill in the House yet. So we'll have to see um, what changes come down the road. But certainly voters 50 and older should be watching this very closely. This is going to hit your pocketbook. Dave Bruins with the AARP in Florida says a provision of the legislation allows insurance companies to charge older folks up to five times more than younger people for the same coverage. Current law allows insurers to still charge older people more, but only three times more. And of course, between 50 and 64, 
is when you have uh, tend to have the most pre-existing conditions and really use your health insurance. Lawyers for the Florida Department of Children and Families told a judge they, quote, made a simple mistake, end quote, when they gave her incorrect information about the welfare of foster children who may have witnessed a teen hang herself on Facebook Live. Judge Maria Sempredo Iglesia had ordered the agency to explain why they shouldn't be held in contempt of court over a mix-up in identifying a girl who was in the home January 22nd when 14-year-old Nakia Bennett died. The judge has threatened to jail the agency's top Miami attorney. Fire crews have the upper hand on two brush fires smoldering in East Orange County, a 125-acre brush fire along Fort Christmas Road and Christmas is 80% contained. The other blaze at Hal Scott Regional Preserve has burned 85 acres, but thankfully is 95% contained. But we're just getting started because Florida is starting to dry out earlier than usual after a couple of relatively wet years. And according to the fire resource manager for the Florida Forest Service, the farther south we go, the drier it gets. From about the I-4 corridor south, we have a pretty high Keech-Byram drought index going on right now. It's very, very dry, and we're having a lot of fire starts, and they're starting to be harder to control. So the wind is becoming a factor, um, and the heat's becoming a factor as we move into April and May. Matt Wynell says it would be a good idea to be very careful with any outdoor burning until we get just a little bit more rain. Crews are watching for any flare-ups this morning. And finally, Florida has a bad case of reptile dysfunction. Oh, yeah. And State Mm -hmm. Senator Frank Artiles says it's time to face up to the problem. (laughs) Pythons are overrunning the Everglades. We have tegus that are attacking alligator nests. And uh, we need to do something to put it out in the public's eye that we have a serious issue in the state of Florida. So much so that Artiles is sponsoring a bill that would set aside $600,000 over the next two years to hire professional snake and lizard hunters. That's nowhere near enough to eliminate the invasive species, but it might be enough to keep them contained. So there's not a pill we can take? (laughs) to get rid of it (laughs) no not yet not yet i I feel like if there is you'll hear it here on news radio 1025 wfla i feel i feel like they've been talking about this issue forever because i have a feeling because the people it needs to get to aren't hearing it you know my neighbor had a black and white argentinian tegu Really? And he was talking about, you know, maybe getting another lizard. And he was like, yeah, my friend had one. And, you know, there's all these complaints about don't let it go in the wild. It's going to cause all these problems. That's not true. When you have people who feel that way, who have one of these species that are not native to Florida, they don't realize literally how much damage they can do. Well, I mean, it changes the whole ecosystem. Everything. Yeah. Everything. So it is a big deal, even if it's only one lizard. Yeah, just wait till it's wrapped around your trash can one day. You know? I mean, the whole python-gator war of Florida is still going on in the Everglades. And you know the most popular uh, hunters they've had out there who've had the best success? Indian snake hunters were able to capture in one week what our two snake hunts haven't been able to do in two years. Nice. So the idea of bringing in professional hunters... Um, who have experience with these with these particular kinds of invasive species? Yeah. Maybe it would help Florida. Yeah, no, I understand that. You know? That's a good idea. So it's an idea, you know, and that's all it is. WFLA News Time eight oh seven. Here's an idea: find out how you can tell whether the CIA has hacked your TV. Mike Yaffe and I aren't worried because we're very boring people. <laughs> right. If anything, the CIA would say, "Don't hack those two.
That's it's not worth your time. But if you have an interesting life and think you might be hacked, check it out. 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Paul, on the other hand, I am petrified. You should be. <laughs> Dude, they, you should I am be absolutely petrified. And if you ever lose have... your phone, I ain't gonna help you find it. <laughs> <laughs> you should be petrified. All right, this is uh, Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud should be back tomorrow. Of course, we have Paul producing and Deborah Roberts updating us on the latest news at the top and bottom of the hour. We have a big hour to get to. I'm going to talk about the latest job numbers. We also have Dr. Ken Kronhaus this hour and our sports director Tom Morgan, who's going to tell us what's going on in the world of sports. It is 8.08 on Good Morning Orlando. And yes, this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud should be back tomorrow, so don't worry. You can send me a friend request on Facebook. Send me a friend request on Facebook. Search Michael Yaffe, and I will accept it. I've had a bunch already this morning, and I really appreciate it. It's always entertaining because I'm really just posting great controversial stuff all day and giving my take on it as well. So, There were some new job report numbers that came out yesterday. This was from the ADP. Now, the government job report numbers come out today, but the payroll company ADP came out with the report yesterday, and it was a lot better than people expected. In fact, new jobs surged in February with employers hiring about 298,000 workers. That is much more than they expected, almost 100,000 more jobs than were expected. So, of course, the Trump administration, as any president probably would, is taking credit for it. In fact, uh, um, Sean Spicer, Trump's spokesman yesterday at the White House, talked about this. And uh, go ahead and play that cut for me, Paul. He talked about this jobs report. LinkedIn's workforce report states that January and February were the strongest consecutive months for hiring in over a year and a half. A new report from ADP and Moody's showed strong private job growth that is far exceeding market expectations. And just this morning, Samsung confirmed that it's planning a, quote, major investment in U.S. production facilities, directly citing the president's election as an influence in their decision. The initial investment is expected to reach around $300 million. All right, and Trump was tweeting about this yesterday as well. He posted up yesterday, he said, great news, talking about the jobs report. We are only just beginning. Together, we are going to uh, hashtag make America great again, or MAGA. Took me a second to remember that's what MAGA means. <laughs> um, uh, it was expected about nine, 190,000 jobs were expected, and it was at 298,000. So over 100,000 jobs more. Now, Trump is also taking credit for the stock market continually going up and up and up. And um, I want I wanted to talk about this for a sec because I actually do think, and I've, I've heard a lot of, I've been, you know, watching a lot of economic experts and reading lately about this stuff because it fascinates me. And I've heard a lot of people actually say that a lot of this has to do with Trump, that they actually believe, especially the stock market, that this is a Trump bump. And in terms of the jobs report, I mean, there's no doubt that Trump is a much more pro-business president than Obama. I mean, Democrats often complain about Trump being too pro-business. You know, that's usually their take. So there's no doubt that Trump's policies could have a good effect on the economy. 
and he's already gotten rid of a lot of regulations, so that's really good. But from what I've read and what I've seen, especially with the stock market, it seems that most of this is based on hope. And what I mean by that is hope that Trump will do something in the future or hope that the Republican Congress will do something in the future, that there hasn't really been enough done yet to uh, really get the economy growing like it should. I'm pointing this out because I'm talking to the Republican Congress now. If you want this to continue, if you want things to keep growing, because the stock market is probably overvalued right now, there's no reason for it to be as high as it is because not a lot has changed yet other than optimism. And optimism can have an effect, and I understand why there's optimism. But the Republican Congress is going to have to pass some things if we're really going to want to see changes. Trump is not going to be able to do this on his own, merely by tweeting out how good he is. It's going to take the Republican Congress to pass tax reform, to get a good Obamacare repeal plan passed. Now, they have gotten rid of a lot of regulations, but there's more Congress has to do. You have to cut spending and start paying down the debt, which doesn't seem like it's coming anytime soon. We have to repeal Dodd-Frank. If it were up to me, we would get rid of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. There have been talks about doing that. A lot of home, private home lenders want to do that, but it, I, unfortunately, I doubt that's going to happen. But the Congress is going to have to get to work, and they're going to have to do some things if we want this stuff to happen, if we want this stuff to happen. So, so we'll see what happens, but it's going to be, it's going to be up to, it's going to be up to Congress to really get this stuff. It can't be, it can't be just based on what Trump says. So that, that's my take on that. All right. We have uh, Dr. Ken Kronhaus. He always joins us on Thursday. He's going to update us in the, on the latest medical news in the next segment. He's also going to give his take on the latest health care bill brought out by the Republicans and what he thinks about it. It's good to hear that from an expert in the field. So we'll talk to him about that. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. All right. Good morning, Dr. K. How are you this morning? Great to be with you, Michael. So before we get into some of the latest uh, medical stories out there, I wanted to get your take on uh, the latest bill put out by the House Republican, the leadership out there, um, to repeal and replace Obamacare. Did, did you have any thoughts on that? Sure. You know, health care seems like it should be simple. We just want an affordable product, and we want to see the doctor that we would like to see go to the hospital of our choosing, and that's what it should be. But to get to that point, wow, it seems like it's such an effort. And there are some things about Obamacare that we all like. You can't be excluded due to pre-existing conditions. That's going to remain. The other thing about Obamacare we like is that adult children can remain on a parent's policy, that's going to stay. There are some 
things about this new bill that I think we need to take a, a, bre a deep breath about because I don't think it's I think it's just the appetizer. There are parts that we haven't even seen yet. They talk about bringing it out in three phases. And I think they did it a bit awkwardly. They're not showing us the whole thing all at once. And I hope they can get a better consensus than they already have. Yeah. I hope this is not the best consensus they can get. But a concern is that vulnerable Americans may have fewer protections. This is what the AMA is screaming about, and it's a legitimate concern. And also, on the other side, the conservatives believe there's too much of the original bill is left intact. So in this kind of framework, you know, we don't want to pass the next bill only with one party like Obamacare. That's just not a good solution for anybody. And we need to make sure there's a safety net in this bill. And we also want to be able to buy insurance around state lines. And that hasn't been mentioned at all in the initial rollout, but supposedly phase two and phase three is coming. So it's a little awkward the way they've done it. I hope they fix up the way they roll this out. Is there anything you think should be added that isn't in there other than you talked about competing across state lines? Is there anything else you would like to see in the bill? Well, I want to see a lot of competition. I want to see health savings accounts, which I know are part of it, but to be a big part so that consumers can take part. And I want incentives for people to be healthy, people who maintain a healthy lifestyle. She gets some reduction in the cost. Interesting. I, I actually hadn't thought about that angle. All right. Good take on that. Good to get a take from an expert on that. So I, I have to get to this story that you shared with me because, I mean, it almost seems like common sense, but nowadays you don't know. You have, you have a story here about how pot plus booze equals skidding college grades. What's that about? Yeah, it seems obvious, but there's a surprise to this story. PLOS One Journal out this week, too much alcohol, Michael, may not do long-term damage to a college student's grade point average, but adding marijuana to the mix can send grades tumbling. In this study, freshmen and sophomores who consistently consume moderate to high quantities of both substances have lower grade point averages than their sober peers, but big drinkers who pot use was relatively low did not seem to experience any long-lasting drag on their grades despite an initial fall during their first semester. All right. And um, uh, dementia has been in the news the past couple of weeks. And you have a story here about how caffeine may protect against dementia. How is that? This is an early study out of scientific reports this morning. It's new research. It's identified 24 compounds, including caffeine, that may reduce the impact of harmful proteins in the brain that lead to dementia. And I won't get too much in the weeds how this all works, but it doesn't yet show that uh it, taking in caffeine will prevent dementia, but it, caffeine does improve your memory. And, you know, a couple of cups of coffee seems to be healthy for a lot of things, as long as it doesn't charge you up or give you palpitations. Uh, yeah, I believe uh, your motto in a lot of things is uh, moderation. Absolutely. So uh, caffeine might be another thing. Yeah, don't want to do too much of it, obviously, but a little bit, a couple cups of coffee or something, everything in moderation. As is long as you feel good after doing it, go for it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Dr. Ken Kronhaus from Lake Cardiology. I appreciate you coming on with us and we'll talk to you again next week. Be well, Michael. All right. And uh, Deborah Roberts, it's her turn at the bottom of the hour and she's going to talk more about that uh, House GOP leadership plan for health care. And the former website for a Florida city is taken over by porn peddlers. 
Oh, man, those porn websites are tricky. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. This is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud, but Deborah Roberts is still here. Yay, everyone. Everyone's happy that Deborah Roberts is here, and she's going to... uh, Why are you laughing? There's nothing The idea that everyone's happy. That's what she was laughing about. No, no, it's just... Okay, move on. Well, actually, it's your your turn. It's your turn to tell us what's going on in the news. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's why you're here. Yeah. She's just here for fun. (laughs) Now that's, that's, okay. Now we're talking. The Republican health care bill is moving forward after scoring its first victory on Capitol Hill. The House Ways and Means Committee has approved the measure following a marathon 18-hour session. The House Energy and Commerce Committee is still considering the bill this morning, which provides refundable tax credits to buy health insurance and gets rid of the individual mandate. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. See, man, 18 hours. I, I don't know if I would want to sit in a congressional committee for 18 hours don't you care about this country michael Uh, (laughs) yeah i'm not running for office the fate of the country (laughs) you would be great in office i would be horrible why do people keep saying that you would why do you you think you would be horrible I'm way too honest. That's no, the whole point. There's Duh. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there is in today's world. No, Go there on. isn't. No, there isn't. It's, my boyfriend just got sending... done. My boyfriend just got done serving 12 years on DeBerry City Council, and he was an honest lawmaker. Well, I mean, if I if I ran for office, it'd be straight for Congress. It would. You mean National when Congress. you run for office? If, yeah. if uh, no, it's this is not a Mister Yaffe goes to Washington movie. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. If you think Michael Yaffe should no. run for office, no, I mean the pay is good. Pay is much good. <laughs> yeah, they get paid like one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a year. You can stay on radio. You can do a weekly address. Just to remind you what I mean, it was like when you didn't get paid. <laughs> right? It's good to remain humble when you take office. All right, let's move on to more important things. Well, here's something <laughs> that you uh, hope in your days in office, uh, even though you're going to go shoot straight for Congress, you're not going to mess around with anything local or state. No. Yeah, no. that. Well, that's probably a good thing because officials in one Florida panhandle city say their former website has been taken over by someone hosting adult content. I saw this in your tease, and I was like, what? Yeah, so if you're going to like pay your utility bill for the city of Springfield's website, you're going to want to maybe just stop by City Hall instead. Yeah. They began receiving Might be a good complaints. idea. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it depends. They began receiving <laughs> complaints last week from citizens, what, who were visiting the city's old website. I didn't say anything. Mayor Ralph Hammond said the city apparently let the old domain name expire. Always a big mistake. Always. You've got yeah. to make sure you hang on to those old domain names because the site now contains Japanese pornography. Go ahead, Paul. Laugh on Mike, dude. Don't leave me hanging with the dead air. Didn't they used to have this? <laughs> didn't they used to have this problem with uh, WhiteHouse.com versus WhiteHouse.gov or whatever? Well, these pornographers. I mean, that's the part that you know. Like, even if a little kid, if anybody goes on a on a, a, a search yeah. engine and you misspell Disney, yeah, you're yeah. taken to a triple X site. They just, they, you know, they prey on us misspelling things, yep. not having the correct city name. They're crafty. They are crafty. And it's Japanese on top of that. I don't know what makes that so special. But uh, the city's information technology department is seeking to buy back the old domain and any domain name similar to the city's current website, which is springfield.fl.gov. 
see as a as a king, as a congressman, you're going to want to stay ahead of these problems. Right. You know, you notice how like Paul asked for calls and nobody called. I got a call coming in right now. Yeah, Let me go see, ahead and take it. See, no, nobody, nobody wants me to run for office. Go ahead. No, that is not true. Everybody wants you to run for office. You and Tim Tebow, imagine that ticket. <laughs> Tim Tebow. Why not? Dream big. <laughs> and he'd be your VP too. Not you wouldn't be his second running man. No. Remember when Bud used to think I looked like Tim Tebow? You do. I, I do not. He, he, no. And yet you will Please. sit there and talk about my inability to take a compliment. Please go Oh, do on. we have a phone call, Paul? Yes, actually we do. Awesome. Let's talk to Pete, who's calling from Inverness this morning, who is, uh, has a suggestion for Mr. Yaffe's future political career. Good morning, <laughs> Pete. Jeez. Mr. Yaffe should be one of those top presidential advisors that's flown up to Washington on Air Force One. Whenever the president needs to talk to him, he's zipped over to Pennsylvania Avenue in a motorcade. And then Trump says, Mike, you've got your finger on the pulse of the American people. What are the people thinking today? You're huge. I, you know, then, bigly. I'm not going to. It's bigly. And then when you're done, you could hang out with the elevator girl. Yeah, there you go. Trump Tower. Wow, that's sad. That that's what Thanks, got me Pete. excited. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> that's Pete and I got excited about the potential <laughs> changes you could make in DC. No, I got excited about Paul and Yaffe were excited about hanging out with the elevator girl. Guess what? You just shot down any chance you have say, of winning maybe office. Sending him to DC isn't <laughs> no, such a great no, idea. No, I will become corrupted. Well, keep your eye on the game. <laughs> we don't need any more blue Actually, dress stories. I will say that is like. I will say that is. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, the, Deb. You're how this show. Hey, now the question is you've how got to come back. This show is just going. <laughs> the question is how effective would you be if you met Elevator Girl and she fell in love with you, you guys got married, and you stayed a congressman? You know what? I, I could tell know. you right now, they'd go straight to the top. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> get it? Uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> no, honestly, being like an advisor has got to be like a sweet gig, though. I mean, to just like, what? Do, I mean, what do they do all the other time? Other parts of the day, they're just like every. Oh, just when Trump needs you, hey, I need advice on this. Oh, here you go. Okay, have a nice day. I mean, go cash hey, your check and hang out in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we need some uh, sanity back in this studio. So Tom Morgan, our sports oh, director, yeah. is going to tell us. No, I'm not. I'm getting texts in now. I'm getting texts in now. Exactly. I think Michael should run for office. We need more men like him representing us. Why is See? that a bad thing? That is great, Mike. Look, you're either going to be a pastor or run for office. Okay, Pick we're one. not even okay? going in that direction. <laughs> Tom Morgan, please get in here soon. It is 840 on Good Morning Orlando. And it is Good Morning Orlando, and it's that time, because it's 844 on a Thursday, that we're going to talk to Tom Morgan our sports director, and um, you have some good news coming out of the Magic. I do. Um, yeah, surprisingly. Would you like to hear some good news about the Magic? They won. Surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Now, can they win again? They haven't won two straight games since December. Wow. So that'll be the Okay, next, so uh, you have some good news from a player on. Oh, yeah. We have, a, we have our own Russell Westbrook. There we go. I like the sound of that. Who needs Russell Westbrook when you have Alfred Payton with his hair? <laughs> I you like know, that. It, it even looks like his hairdo is getting longer. Maybe that Probably has it. something to do with Alfred. It's like Samson he in the Bible. He is playing terrific. Second straight triple-double, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 14 wow. assists last night. The Magic came back, actually came back in a game. I guess that's their 
in, ingredient to win. Instead of blowing double-digit leads, <laughs> get behind Lose. by double-digit leads, and then, <laughs> and then come, come back, back and win. That's I what like they did that. last night, 98 to 91. So, so how long until we trade him? <laughs> that seems to be what the Magic always do with players <laughs> like that. All right, ah, that, You know, I'm not sure if Scott Skiles locked Alfred, Pay- Alfred Payton, and that may have been one of the reasons why he left last year. But um, I tell you what, he's responding like to him. Frank Vogel's smaller lineup yeah. style of play now. And um, the, the guys seem to really like the way they're playing, the, the kind good. of basketball. So let's see. Some hope it, for next year then. What, yeah, because obviously this year's a wash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, what's going on? Uh, speaking of basketball, UCF basketball. Oh, it, it's it's a great time to be a UCF basketball fan. I mean, they're the fourth seed in the AAC, AAC tournament. Yeah. Uh, the only concern is is the layoff from last week too much? You know, some yeah. teams like to keep playing when they're playing so well, yep. just, just to keep playing. Well, they haven't played in over a week, and they play uh, Memphis on Friday tomorrow. So we'll see what that layoff does. But, uh, yeah, love to see UCF make a great run. That would be they, great. You know, obviously, if they win the tournament, they go to the NCAA tournament as the automatic, that would the be, automatic bid. I but like with that. over 20 wins and a good conference record, although the AAC is not going to get a lot of, uh, you know, the tournament committee is not going to be uh, happy with uh, maybe one or two teams out of the AAC. Really? Which is a better conference now. SMU. Uh, you know, Connecticut, Memphis. Why are they biased against the ACC? Well, I mean, it's not considered one of your strong conferences, so they don't uh-huh. get the recognition and the and the respect. But uh, UCF can just, you know, forget about it, the committee. Just, just win the tournament. Yeah. Just win exactly. the tournament and they're in. So let's see if uh, Johnny Dawkins has that going for the for the team this weekend. Yeah, and how are the other uh, Florida teams doing well, in basketball? Miami beat Syracuse yesterday, 62-57. So they play in the next round of the ACC tournament today, but they play the number one seed, North Carolina, today. Mm -hmm. FSU got a double bye, being the second seed. They play today against uh, Virginia Tech. They'll play tonight at 7. So FSU trying to, you know, put together a a great season. Leonard Hamilton, though, gets judged on what he does in the postseason, and it hasn't been real strong in his career, but we'll see how the Knowles do yeah, and uh, no be pressure. Time. <laughs> uh, Florida plays Vandy, the Vandy Texas A and M winner tonight, tomorrow at seven o'clock in okay. the SEC tournament. Uh, if Florida can win the game tomorrow, I think they will be at least a fourth seed in the NCAA tournament and will come here for the uh, first round of the NCAA tournament, which is next week. Right. So uh, we'll have that game for you six twenty-five tomorrow. Yeah, right here on WFLA and. Um, uh, let's move on to soccer, Orlando City. Yep. What's the latest on Great that? Great start last week. They beat New York one nothing in the new. They you know got uh, the first game off on the right foot in the new stadium. Now they go on the road, and they learned this week that Kaká, their star mm-hmm. player, is out with yeah, an injury that's not good. for six weeks. So that you know that's a downer. But let's see if Orlando City can recover. They play mm-hmm. at New England on Saturday. All right, and Tim Tebow. Started out in some baseball, not. Or Timmy. No? Not. Yeah, not a good start. 0 for 3, two strikeouts. He grounded into a double play, and he got hit by a pitch. Oh. So, Ouch. not a lot of good quality swings uh, in a uh, spring training game, which the Mets won, by the way, 8 to 7. So, I think maybe he has one, maybe two more spring training games 
mm-hmm. and then he'll go into the Mets minor league system. Wow. So we'll see what happens to Timmy. Interesting. All right, Tom, thank you so much. All right. Have a good weekend. All right, so I have some audio here that you just have to hear. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I found some great, well, it's actually a video from someone by the name of Liz Wheeler. I had never actually heard of her before, but apparently she's a big conservative writer, and she is the host of Tipping Point on the One America News Network. I had actually never heard of that either before, but this video of her was going viral yesterday talking about the Women's March and the Women's Protest yesterday on the International Day of Women. And um, I thought she had a really interesting perspective, especially since she is a woman. So um, we're just going to play the whole thing. Here it is. Welcome back. My final tipping point tonight, a day without a woman. That's tomorrow. Skip work, the feminists tell us, to prove how valuable we are in the workplace. Well, I'm valuable because I show up to work every day. But yeah, ladies, let's teach little girls it's okay to skip work. It's okay to ditch your responsibilities when you're mad about your salaries. Great lesson. Last month, we had a day without immigrants, and 100 immigrants were fired from their jobs. Yeah, this protest is only for the rich, only for the privileged, only for the women who can afford to slough off their responsibilities on somebody else without suffering the consequences. Grab your brand-name-only pink genitalia hats. This is an elitist protest if there ever was one. Here's the thing. I'm all about women's rights. I work in a man's world. I'm young. I'm female. I get it. It's not easy. But what are you being denied because of the patriarchy? Is there a job you've been denied because you're a girl? So that's illegal. Has been since 1963. Is there a class at school you're not allowed to attend because you're female? No, there's not. That's illegal, too. Has President Donald Trump taken rights away from you that you had before he was president? No, no, he hasn't. All he's threatening is your free birth control and you're acting, well, you're acting like hormonal, emotional brats about it. You don't stand up for the women in Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Syria, Yemen, and the Sudan who were mutilated, oppressed, and killed because they're girls. You don't stand up for the Yazidi girls who were burned alive in a metal cage because no doesn't mean no to ISIS. You don't stand up for Christian women, business owners, whose shops were shut down because the government didn't like their religious beliefs. You don't stand up for the 200,000 women who defend ourselves against sexual abuse every year with legally owned firearms. You claim to stand up for women, but you're not. You're just pretending to be the victim, demanding special treatment because of some imaginary wrong in your dislike of any woman who disagrees with you. Lump in the fact that you've made choices in your life and choices in your career that result in a lower salary than some men you know... And you think you have a moral case to stomp around dressed like a crotch. You march for the women who want to stand in line with hand outstretched for government to dole out free birth control pills to you like cattle. You pretend you're so irreplaceable in the workplace that a strike will cause the wheels of industry to grind to a halt. By the way, most companies are just going to struggle on without you. And what point does that make? You're expendable? You're replaceable? But the 29 million baby girls who never got to enjoy their fundamental right to life? Every day is a day without these women. Funny how these elitist feminist protesters fail to mention them. And that's my final point. You can reach me on Twitter at Liz underscore Wheeler. If you liked the show, please send me an email at OAN. So, um, strong opinion. I think she's right, though. I think she's exactly right. Um, so I, I just had to share that with you. I'll post it on my Facebook page, actually, as well. You can send me a friend request on Facebook. Um, I just find it fascinating when it comes to this issue that... I get more positive response. You know, when I criticize the Women's March, when I criticize the protests, when I criticize the and debunk the pay gap and um, a lot of this feminist movement, I get more positive responses from other women and women than I do from men. 
if women are so persecuted, how come half the women in this country really don't feel like it? Are they? Is it just Stockholm syndrome? I don't. I don't think so. So much of this is overblown, and so much of this is perception, not reality. Huh, maybe we should get back to reality. So yeah, send me your friend request on Facebook, or you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. By the way, you can check out my podcast at Beyond Reason Radio. Just go to BeyondReasonRadio.com or download the Beyond Reason Radio app. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hopefully, Bud will be back tomorrow as well. And God bless you and God bless America. Catch you guys next time.